Thank you for joining us here at Life Church. It's an honor to share God's word with you today. Our prayer is that you will connect with Jesus Christ as you hear his word online. We'd love to have you visit one of our upcoming gatherings. For more information, visit us online at www.liferva.org or contact our church offices and we'll be happy to help you in any way that we can. Let's go now to one of our recent services where you can experience a life-giving message from God's Word. Now we have a special treat in store for you today and I appreciate you being here. How many of you love our youth pastor, Stephen and Jasmine Funes? Well, for those of you who do not know, Stephen and Jasmine have been on a journey now for a while, these last three and a half, four years, would you say, Jasmine? In uh, preparing themselves, they left for about two and a half years. You'll remember that, any of you that have been with us for a while. And they worked for Chick-fil-A corporate, and they toured the country, opening up Chick-fil-A's, preparing them for the day when hopefully, Lord willing, that they would become owner operators of their own Chick-fil-A. Well, God has finally opened that door for them. And in just a few weeks, maybe a month, six weeks, we don't know exactly how long, Jasmine and Stephen are going to be going on into their next phase of ministry. And the Lord has graced them to open up and own a Chick-fil-A in Toronto, Canada. Amen. That's a long way to go for a chicken biscuit, but I will make the trip. Amen. So we're excited about that. And I told Stephen a couple of months ago when they got the final green light, I said, I want to make sure and get you on the schedule to preach at least one more time uh, before you leave. Don't worry, you're not going to show up one Sunday and they're not here. We'll let you know when that day finally happens. But we love Stephen and Jasmine, and we knew they'd only be with us for a season when they came home, and we're excited about this next season of opportunity. But why don't you welcome our good youth pastor, Stephen, as he brings us the word of the Lord today. Praise God. Thank you. Y'all are too kind, too kind. Man, that worship got me again. I was just in the presence of the Lord. Do y'all know when you feel the touch from God, you just can't do anything about it. It's just like, thank you, Jesus. So y'all give a hand to our worshiping band teams. They do an awesome job. Amen. And I also want to give honor where honor is due. Uh, as many of you love Life Church, well, Life Church wouldn't be amazing Life Church as it is without Pastor Buddy and Pastor Rodney and their family. So let's give them, show them some love. Thank you all for your leadership. Amen. Praise God. Well, good morning. It's a beautiful crowd out there. Raise your hand if you're ready to receive what God has for you today. Because mm. it's no accident that you are here today. It's no accident that you are still alive. Because if you're not dead, God's not done. Oh, that's for somebody right there. God is not done with you. There is still pages in your book yet to be written. So go ahead and be encouraged today and know that God is still working in your life. Amen. Psalm chapter 27, verse 14. It says, wait patiently for the Lord. Now, real talk, that is hard to do sometimes. Am I the only one? Oh, my goodness. It says, be brave and courageous. And then in case you missed what the verse said, the first time it says it again, it must be important. It says, yes, wait patiently for the Lord. So I'm going to go ahead and give the, keep this very simple today. I'm going to discuss three main points, and then I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond to God about whatever he is putting on your heart today. I'm going to go ahead and give you all three main points right up front. So if you can take some notes, you can write it all down and exit the building. Beautiful. But I encourage you to stick a while. Stay a while, okay? Point number one, 
as difficult as it can be sometimes to trust God's timing. I know from personal experience, most of my timelines didn't quite match God's timing. But nonetheless, point number one, God's timing is worth waiting for. Worth waiting for. Point number two, as many of you know, life happens. We make mistakes. And many times we reach a point where we don't feel good enough or we feel like we've lost value or worth. But regardless of what you've done or haven't done in your past, God wants to remind you today of point number two, that what you have to offer is still worth waiting for. Praise God. And then lastly, maybe you're here today and you haven't committed your life to Christ yet, or you've been a Christian for any length of time, and you haven't quite gone all in for Jesus, or there's just a specific little area in your life that you haven't fully surrendered to Christ. Well, God is here today with strong, comforting arms, with a reckless love, with arms spread wide on the cross, full of forgiveness and mercy that is renewed every morning. Do I have a witness in here today? Because God wants to tell you that no matter how long you take to come to him, no matter how long you take to surrender to Jesus, to go all in for God, you are worth waiting for. Praise God. There's no surprise that the topic I want to discuss with you just for a few moments is titled, Worth Waiting For, Worth Waiting For. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for inviting us all here today. Thank you for your presence, your faithfulness, and your love, God. Lord, I just ask that you open up our minds, open up our hearts, allow us to receive your words so that we can draw deeper and closer in our relationship with you. Lord, we trust you, we love you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now raise your hand if you remember when you learned how to tell time. Y'all remember that way back in the day? Okay, okay. Now one step further. Raise your hand if you remember getting your very first watch. Your very first watch. Ooh, I remember I was in elementary school about yay high. I was yay high for a long time, by the way. But I remember learning how to tell time with those big analog clocks in school and at home. Well, finally, I learned how to tell time. And my parents, they decided to upgrade me to my very first digital wristwatch. Ooh, it felt so good right on my wrist. I felt like I had like a superpower. I was like, wow, time right here. I had a little Velcro strap. Y'all remember those? Yeah. And oh, and it even had that little cool glow-in-the-dark button. Oh, man, I love that thing. So I was excited. And I remember being on car rides, and, and I, would be, I would be in the back seat, buckled up, ready to go. And I'd say, hey, Mom and Dad, how long is it going to take for us to get to our destination? They'd say, oh, about 10 minutes. I'm like, okay, cool. So I look at my watch. It says 1250. I'm like, okay. So by 1 o'clock, we should be at our destination. All right. Ten minutes. I got this. So I'm sitting patiently in the back seat, just just going for the ride, enjoying the view, periodically checking my watch. And then, finally, it struck 1 o'clock. I'm like, 1 o'clock, 10 minutes. We must be at our destination. Uh, no? Oh. Uh, oh, sorry, son. They, we had some traffic, so we're going to be a few more minutes. And I was like, a few more minutes? But it's 1 o'clock, and I started malfunctioning. I was like, error, error. No, that, that can't be right. You said 10 minutes. It's 1 o'clock. What is going on? And it says, son, well, sometimes other factors affect timing. I was like, other factors affect timing? So I'm just embracing all this. very abstract as a kid, but I was trying to learn because I really wanted to master time. 
And I remember, like, getting ready for school. You know, we're finishing up dinner around 6.30. I'm like, okay, Mom and Dad, I got to get all the dishes done by 7. I got to do my homework. I got to go ahead and iron my clothes. That's going to take me about eight or nine minutes. Got to let the iron warm up. Got to pour the water in. And then I got to be in bed no later than 10 o'clock because my alarm is set for 6 a.m. And I have to make sure I get eight hours of sleep exactly. I was trying to calculate it all, y'all. I was trying to master time. But then as I got older, time became more and more significant. As many of you know, time can feel very different in different situations, right? Sometimes time feels really, really fast, and other times, time seems like it's taking its sweet time. It's going so slow. For example, how many minutes I had left to answer all the questions on the test in school. Oh, man, I remember I would look at my test and be like, I still got 25 questions, but only 10 minutes. I ain't going to make it, y'all. I am just struggling. Help me, somebody. Or when I was in the military and my drill sergeant only gave us two minutes to do as many push-ups as we could for our fitness test. I remember he's like, all right, Funes, get ready, get set, begin. And I'm just crushing him, right? All right, that's 10. All right. I'm looking at my peers. I'm like, oh, y'all struggling over there. I got y'all. I'm just cruising, having a good old time. And then that muscle fatigue started kicking in. I'm like, uh, okay, I'm just going to rest right here for a moment. And then they said, 30 seconds has elapsed. I still got it a minute and a half. Oh, I ain't going to make it, y'all. Help me. Or another example, I remember only getting three minutes to eat dinner in boot camp. Oh, we set the tray down the table, stay in a position of attention right behind our chair. And they say, get ready. And we sit in the chair real quick. And they say, eat. And we're, like, we're just crushing. And I'm looking at my peers. I'm like, y'all better hurry up because he only got three minutes. And I'm crushing. And then they say, all right, time's up. On your feet. And I'm like, man, I forgot. I didn't get to eat my mashed potatoes. Goodness. And so we stacked the trays at the end of the table. And they say, all right, let's move out. And then we would run outside. And guess what? Yep, more push-ups. It was unreal. But then another example is how long 30 seconds felt when I was responding to an emergency with lights and sirens as a police officer. Time just became more and more significant. I remember as a kid, always wanting to be a police officer and a soldier. And so as I got closer to high school, graduation, I realized, I was like, okay, I really wanted to go to college too, but I still want to be a cop and be in the military. So I was like, okay. So I, with my skills at mastering time, I was like, all right, how can I accomplish everything? Within a very specific timeline, I can still make it to my dream job in federal law enforcement, like the FBI, CIA, or any other three-letter three agency out there. I was like, okay, I got a plan. So after high school, 17 years old, I'll go straight into the Army National Guard, complete all my training. Then I'll have my military career run parallel with going to college for Homeland Security. And then while in college, I'm going to get law enforcement experience as a correctional officer working the jails. And then while doing that, I can join the ROTC program so I can commission as an Army officer upon graduation at age 22. Oh, and still make time to visit Jasmine on her college campus. Hashtag college sweethearts. Amen. Well, guess what, y'all? Glory to God, I was able to successfully accomplish all of that. And on top of that, I proposed to Jasmine, got accepted to two police academies for a full-time police officer position upon college graduation. I was ready to continue my plan with my timeline and make it to that dream job of a top secret agent. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was so ready, y'all, to become like a certified ninja. I mean, I was so pumped. I was like, man, everything is just coming together. 
everything is working so well. And then I just began to be so proud. I, was, I just started admiring my timeline that I created. I mean, it was just so perfect to me. I was like, yes, I finally figured it all out. It's all beautiful. I was like, ah, isn't that nice? Awesome. And then I kind of felt God tap me on the shoulder. It's like, uh, hey, son. Oh, hey, Pops, how's it going? Hey, check this out. Look at this cool timeline I created. I figured out my entire life. Isn't it great? Aren't you proud of me? He said, well, son, I was listening to what you're saying, but we're going to have to rewind a little bit. Because for a moment there, it kind of sounded like you thought you were in control. I was like, I see what you're saying there. Of course, Lord, I'm not in control. I mean, you're God. Of course, you're in control. But, but I was, as I was saying, you know, I made sure I figured it all out. I got my education, all my years of experience. I mean, everything is great. And I just figured that you would just bless everything, all of my plans, and it would be a win-win. Isn't that how it works? Uh, no, son, let's go ahead and back up a little bit. Because, you see, I think you forgot that I am the creator of the universe. And I'm also the creator of time. Hmm. Yeah, you make a couple good points there. I, I hear what you're saying. But, you know, as a husband and everything and as a future father, you know, I got to figure this whole career thing out. So I just wanted to work out all the contingencies that I could possibly think of and make sure that you would, you would like it. I mean, aren't, aren't you, aren't, I thought you'd be proud. And he said, well, Stephen, remember, before you were even born, before you were even in your mother's womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I died for you. And I also know the day that you will no longer live. And so I'm asking you to trust me with your timeline. I was like, wow, that's a lot to think about because it kind of felt like God was taking everything that I had worked for, all of my hard work, he was trying to change it, trying to take control, and it was very uncomfortable to think about. But then I started reflecting. I was like, wow, God created time itself. Like, that's incredible. My human brain can't really fathom an infinite God, and I just imagine, like, God can look at yesterday, today, and tomorrow all in one glance. But then he's so intimate with us that he can be in every single moment with us. And so God was asking me to surrender my timeline, surrender my dreams, my future. And I wasn't so sure how to do that. And when you look at a man like Job in the Bible, the most righteous man at the time, full of faith, super wealthy and successful. I mean, he was living the true dream. But then God allowed the enemy to strip away Job's possessions, Job's children, and even Job's health. And Job's story causes you to analyze where you stand in your life, that foundation that you're standing on. Because you want to reach a point in your life where you can say that when all is gone, your future, your timing, your control, your possessions, when all of that is gone, but God, that God would be enough. So we must decide to trust God no matter what happens. So when God started hinting to me that he wanted to change the course of my life, I didn't want to listen. I mean, he would call me, and I would just send him to voicemail because I already knew what he wanted to talk about, and I wasn't ready for that conversation. 
See, because I was so attached to what I wanted my life to look like that I had no room for God in my plans. He was trying to teach me to be in a posture of more of him and less of me. John 3 verse 30 from the NLT says it this way. He must become greater and greater and I must become less and less. Same verse from the New King James says, he must increase, but I must decrease. So then I felt God asking me, do you trust me? And I'm like, well, God, I'm a Christian. Of course I trust God. I trust you. Yeah, of course. But he said, no, 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 Stephen. Um, do you really trust me? Because what I'm about to say next hinges on whether or not you trust me. I was like, whew, kind of felt like a little dangerous prayer there. I was like, well, if I say no, he's going to turn away from me, and then I'm not going to have God in my life, and I don't want that. But I was kind of nervous that if I say yes, that something really crazy was going to happen. I was going to have to find a bunker and take cover, right? So he said, Stephen, do you trust me? And I was like, yes. I just kind of took cover. We all remember when uh, we got our driver's license, right? Y'all remember that? I remember I was 16. I was so excited. A little frightening, you know, for parents, right? Not me. I was just so much freedom. I was so ready, so much control. Well, I got used to that control. I got used to being in control of the car. And for years, I controlled the GPS. I controlled the timing. So when God asked me to trust him, God was essentially asking to switch seats. See, because he had been my co-pilot all along, but he was in the passenger seat. And I had control, but he would say, son, it's time for us to switch seats. It's time for me to take the wheel. And I said, no, 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 I'm going to stay right here. I like this control. So I'm just, I started gripping a little tighter, my fist getting real tight. And I started leaning in like I'm racing. I'm like, mm, I ain't going nowhere. I'm staying right here. Can't tell me what to do. <laughs> How many of y'all know that uh, God's just a little bit stronger than us, right? So he kind of just pried his fingers off the steering wheel. I'm like, ow, 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 okay, 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 okay. And he just kind of picked me up, set me in the passenger seat, double buckle so I couldn't go nowhere. And I was like, I don't believe this. I had my arms crossed. I'm like, I, I can't even look at you, Lord. I'm so frustrated. I can't believe this. And God... God wanted to turn the page, but I wanted to just keep rereading that last chapter because it was just so nice. I had everything figured out in the last chapter, but God was like, there's more, but I need to turn the page, and I just didn't know what was on that next page, so I did not want to go further. And he was just like, hey, son, you've embraced your dreams more than you've embraced the one who gave you the ability to dream. You've been so fixated on your future, Stephen, when you should have been fixating your eyes on the one who created time in the first place. Stephen, you've been so concerned about what you want, but I want your desires to mirror mine. You see, Stephen, when you desire what I desire, you will always receive the desires of your heart. So trust me, love me, follow me. God wants to tell somebody today that he is not finished writing your story.
Mm. He's not finished. Because maybe you're like me and you just want to go back and stay in the previous chapters or maybe you just want to close the book and give up entirely. But God is not finished. He is not finished. So be encouraged. God still has a purpose for your life if you would just trust in him. So when I can surrender control of my timeline that I had created, what's so cool is that God didn't waste anything that I had already done. I simply humbled myself and I said, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. What's so cool is that he took my role as a captain in the army and gave me a passion to lead soldiers for Christ in the Lord's army. Praise God. He took my role as a police officer and gave me a fresh passion to serve and protect people spiritually by fighting the spiritual enemy with prayer and my sword, which is the word of God. So point number one, God's timing is worth waiting for. And looking back now, I'm like, thank you, Jesus, for being so patient with me. Because I was like Job questioning God, doubting him, not trusting his timing. But then God responded to me very similar to how he responded to Job. Let's take a look. Job chapter 38, verse 1 through 4. It says, Then the Lord answered Job from the whirlwind. Can you imagine this thunderous voice coming out of a whirlwind? God says to Job, Who is this? that questions my wisdom with such ignorant words. He said, brace yourself like a man because I have some questions for you and you must answer them. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you know so much. A few verses later, verse 19. He said, where does light come from? Where does darkness go? Can you take each to its home? Do you know how to get there? But of course, Job, you know all this. You were born before it was all created. And you are so very experienced. A few verses later, verse 34 through 38. So, Job, can you shout to the clouds and make it rain? Can you make lightning appear and cause it to strike as you direct? Who gives intuition to the heart and instinct to the mind? Who is wise enough to count all the clouds? Who can tilt the water jars of heaven when the parched ground is dry and the soil has hardened into clods? Then God continues questioning Job like this for the next couple chapters. Then we get to Job chapter 40, verse 1 and 2. It says, Then the Lord said to Job, Do you still want to argue with the Almighty? You are God's critic. But do you have the answers? And then God continues questioning Job for a couple more chapters. And we finally get to Job chapter 42, verse 1 through 6. It says, then Job replied to the Lord. He said, I know that you can do anything and no one can stop you. Lord, you asked me, who is this that questions my wisdom with such ignorance? It is I. And I was talking about things I knew nothing about, things far too wonderful for me. You said, listen, and I will speak 
I have some questions for you and you must answer them. But I had only heard about you before, God. But now I have seen you with my own eyes. I take back everything I said. And I sit in dust and ashes to show my repentance. You see, when we feel like everything is stripped away, control, possessions, dreams, our future, our timing, we ought to recognize that God is all we ever really had in the first place. We should not demand that God explain everything. We just celebrated last week about the resurrection. God gives us himself, but he doesn't give us all the details of his plans. We must remember that this life, with all its pain, all of its doubts, all of its frustrations, this life here is not our final destiny. There is a destination far greater than here. Come on, somebody. Where we can be at God's throne in heaven, worshiping and praising God himself. Where we can be face to face with Jesus, looking God right in the eyes. Can you imagine? So remember, despite how difficult this can be sometimes, this whole idea of waiting patiently. Just remember, God's timing is worth waiting for. Amen. Now, shifting gears here, raise your hand if you personally have any insecurities, any insecurities whatsoever. Look around. You're not alone. You can put your hands down. Psalm chapter 139, verse 13 and 14. Now, this is David talking to God. He said, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. That's a beautiful scripture, right? Yet many of us don't fully accept this truth. Why is that? When you look in the mirror, what do you see? You probably see all the blemishes, the scars, the insecurities, your past mistakes. Perhaps while looking in the mirror, you sometimes replay all the negative things someone has said about you, the bad names people have called you, the insults. And then from all of that, you make conclusions about your worth and your value. And the results of that becomes the identity you embrace. But God wanted to tell you today of point number two. That what you have to offer is still worth waiting for. Now, let me tell you why. I'm going to give you a few affirmations straight from God's word of who you are and who God created you to be. And if you hear one that you like, you go ahead and clap your hands to God. Okay? Are you ready? Y'all ready over here? Y'all ready over here? All right. First one. You are justified and declared righteous. Mm. You are free. <laughs> you are sanctified and made holy. You are pure in Christ. You are a new creation in Christ. You are made right with God. You are blessed. Oh, come on, somebody. You are adopted as God's child. Your sins are taken away, and you are forgiven. You are identified as belonging to God by the presence of the Holy Spirit. You are God's masterpiece. You have been brought near to God. You are made complete in Christ. You can come boldly and confidently into God's presence. You will have eternal glory.
glory. So now that you know who you are in Jesus, go ahead and give God some praise in this place. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. It says, even before he made the world. That's really far back, y'all. Wow. It says, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. You see, God wanted to create you. He wanted to save you. He wanted to love you. You are not a mistake. All of your features were not by accident. God loves you just the way you are. You are his clay, and he is your potter. You are his canvas, and he is your artist. So what you currently have to offer is still worth waiting for. Don't let anyone else define you. Only God knows your true worth. You see, if you just knew how valuable you are in the eyes of God, you would never doubt your worth. Yet so many times we view our worth from our limited perspective like the mirror, or we view our worth from the perspective of others when all we need to do is look at ourselves through the lens of Christ. Amen. He knew your worth. He determined you were so valuable that you were worth dying for, worth saving. Do you remember when God saved you from your mess? When was the last time you thanked him for saving your soul? I don't know about you, but I remember when I was lost in my ways, when I felt like I had no purpose, when I felt like giving up, but Jesus came into my life, came into my heart, transformed me from the inside out, and called me his child. So if you are thankful for what God has done for you, go ahead and give him some praise right now. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Praise God. Praise team and musicians, would you come? Let's take a look at 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15 and 16. It says, this is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. It's very simple, folks. It says, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And Paul said, and I am the worst of them all, but God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst sinners. Then others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. Now, you don't have to raise your hand, but I think we can all relate to Paul and sometimes feel like the worst sinner of all. Y'all, I've done some messed up stuff. I've thought some really bad thoughts. I've said some really awful things. And yet, God 
showed me mercy. He was patient with me. So patient with me. So no matter how long you take to come to God, no matter how long you take to surrender to Jesus, to go all in for him, God still thinks that you are worth waiting for. Perhaps some of your prayers sound like this. Hey, Lord, not sure if you can hear me up there, but uh, it's me again. For the millionth time, it's me again. And although God is always present, at times he may seem far away. And this may cause us to feel alone and to doubt that he actually cares. But remember, we should serve God for who he is, not by how we feel. So let's all stand if you're physically able. Because maybe you're here today, and like me, you have a hard time surrendering control to God. Seems so far out of your comfort zone to give God control of your timeline, your plans, your future. Well, I want to encourage you today that your timeline, your future, couldn't be in better hands than in the hands of Jesus Christ. Those nail-pierced hands that died for you, that paid the price for your sins, that resurrected from the grave and sits on the throne as God Almighty. You can trust him. Maybe you're still feeling out this whole Christianity thing. I get it. I was the same way. And it's okay to want more information, to want to talk with some authentic Christians, to read the Bible, and to really seek God for yourself. If that's you, I challenge you to take your next step, whether that's asking God for forgiveness for the first time and accepting Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. Or whether your next step is getting water baptized right here in the name of Jesus Christ as a public declaration of your faith. Or whether your next step is to ask God to fill you with his Holy Spirit from that beautiful power from on high. Everyone in this room has a next step that they can take to deepen their relationship with God. So go ahead and muster up that courage and ask God to help you and take that next step today. You see, because Jesus is waiting for you with open arms to fully go all in for him. Not just checking the box of being a Christian, but truly submitting all of you to Jesus. Every single area of your life, every dream, every memory of the past, good or bad, surrendering it all and begin to truly follow Jesus. You see, because if you're still alive, your full purpose has not been fulfilled. You're not dead, so God's not done. God still has a reason for your existence, a reason for you to be alive. So now is the time to truly seek after and discover what's left to be done. Maybe there are some folks in your family that have yet to be reached for God. Maybe there are some co-workers or peers who you have yet to share your testimony with or invite to church. Maybe there is a specific passion of yours that God wants to transform into a ministry that will impact so many people for the kingdom. See, God is putting someone or something on your heart right now. 
So let's take this opportunity to respond to God's presence right here, right now. This altar is open right here. You can step out from where you are right now. This whole altar space wide open for you. This is just a safe space with less distractions so that you can just focus purely on Jesus. Because he's put something on your heart today and he's waiting for you to respond, literally waiting for you to talk to him about this very thing. If you feel uncomfortable coming up, go ahead and bring a friend, bring a family member. Maybe they need you to pray with them. Bring them on up, it's okay. Maybe you're like, Stephen, that's too much. Okay, I hear you. You can stay right where you are, create a little altar space, just you and Jesus. You can even kneel at your own chair, wherever you are. Close your eyes, put your hands up to Jesus, say, I'm here, I'm here, ready to hear you. God thinks you're worth waiting for. God is here right now, tugging on your heart to respond to him. So what are you waiting for? And as they begin to sing, begin to talk to God. Put your trust in his timing. Surrender control to Jesus.